Chapter Twenty Nine of *The King of Elfland's Daughter* by Lord Dunsany. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Nine: The Luring of the People of the Marshes. As the evening that followed was beginning to fade, a traveller might have been seen approaching the marshes, which some way southeastwards of Earl lay along the edge of the farmsteads and stretched their terrible waste as far as the skyline and even over the border and into the region of elfland they glimmered now as the light was leaving the land so black were the solemn clothes and the high grave hat of the traveller that he could have been seen from far against the dim green of the fields going down to the edge of the marsh through the grey evening but none were there to see at such an hour beside the desolate place for the threat of darkness was already felt in the fields and all the cows were home and the farmers warm in their houses so the traveller walked alone and soon he was come by unsure paths to the reeds and the thin rushes to which a wind was telling tales that have no meaning to man long histories of bleakness and ancient legends of rain while on the high darkening land far off behind him he saw lights begin to blink where the houses were he walked with the gravity and the solemn air of one who has important business with men yet his back was turned to their houses and he went where no man wandered travelling towards no hamlet or lonely cottage of man for the marsh ran right into elfland between him and the nebulous border that divides earth from elfland there was no man whatever and yet the traveller walked on as one that has a grave errand with every venerable step that he took bright mosses shook and the marsh seemed about to engulf him while his worthy staff sank deep into slime giving him no support and yet the traveller seemed only to care for the solemnity of his pacing thus he went on over the deadly marsh with the deportment suitable to the slow procession when the elders open the market on special days and the gravest blesses the bargaining and all the farmers come to the booths and barter and up and down up and down songbirds went wavering home skirting the marsh's edge on their way to their native hedges pigeons passed landward to roost in high dark trees the last of the multitude of rooks was gone and all the air was empty and now the great marsh thrilled to the news of the coming of a stranger for no sooner had the traveller gravely set a foot on one of those brilliant mosses that bloom in the pools than a thrill shot under their roots and below the stems of the bulrushes and ran like a light beneath the surface of the water or like the sound of a song and passed far over the marshes and came quivering to the border of magical twilight that divides elfland from earth and stayed not there but troubled the very border and passed beyond it and was felt in elfland for where the great marshes run down to the border of earth the frontier is thinner and more uncertain than elsewhere and as soon as they felt that thrill in the deep of the marshes the will-o'-the-wisps soared up from their fathomless homes and waved their lights to beckon the traveller on over the quaking mosses at the hour when the duck were flighting and under that whirr and rush and rejoicing of wings that the ducks made in that hour the traveller followed after the waving lights further and further into the marshes 
yet sometimes he turned from them so that for a while they followed him instead of leading as they were accustomed to do till they could get round in front of him and lead him once more a watcher if there had been one in such bad light and in such a perilous place had noticed after a while in the venerable traveller's movements a queer resemblance to those of the hen green plover when she lures the stranger after her in spring away from the mossy bank where her eggs lie bare or perhaps such a resemblance is merely fanciful and a watcher might have noticed no such thing at any rate on that night in that desolate place there was no watcher whatever and the traveller followed his curious course sometimes towards the dangerous mosses sometimes towards the safe green land always with grave demeanour and reverent gait and the will-o'-the-wisps in multitudes gathered about him and still that deep thrill that warned the marsh of a stranger throbbed on through the ooze below the roots of the rushes and did not cease as it should as soon as the stranger was dead but haunted the marsh like some echo of music that magic has made everlasting and troubled the will of the wisps even over the border in elfland now it is far from my intention to write anything detrimental to will o the wisps or anything that may be construed as being a slight upon them no such construction should be put upon my writings but it is well known that the people of the marshes lure travellers to their doom and have delighted to follow that avocation for centuries and i may be permitted to mention this in no spirit of disapproval the will-o'-the-wisps that then were about this traveller redoubled their efforts with fury and when still he eluded their last enticements only to the very edge of the deadliest pools and still lived and still travelled and the whole marsh knew of it then the greater will-o'-the-wisps that dwell in elfland rose up from their magical mire and rushed over the border and the whole marsh was troubled almost like little moons grown nimbly impudent the people of the marshes glowed before that solemn traveller leading his reverend steps to the edge of death only to retrace their steps again to beckon him back once more and then in spite of the great height of his hat and the dark length of his coat that frivolous people began to perceive that mosses were bearing his weight which never before had supported a traveller at this their fury increased and they all leaped nearer to him and nearer and nearer they flocked wherever he went and in their fury their enticements were losing their craftiness and now a watcher in the marshes if such there had been had seen something more than a traveller surrounded by will-o'-the-wisps for he might have noticed that the traveller was almost leading them instead of the will-o'-the-wisps leading the traveller and in their impatience to have him dead the people of the marshes had never thought that they were all coming nearer and nearer to the dry land and when all was dark but the water they suddenly found themselves in a field of grass with their feet rasping against the rough pasture while the traveller was seated with his knees gathered up to his chin and was eyeing them from under the brim of his high black hat never before had any of them been lured to dry land by traveller and there were amongst them that night those eldest and greatest among them who had come with their moon-like lights right over the border from elfland 
they looked at each other in uneasy astonishment as they dropped limply onto the grass for the roughness and heaviness of the solid land oppressed them after the marshes and then they began to perceive that the venerable traveller whose bright eyes watched them so keenly out of that black mass of clothes was little larger than they were themselves in spite of his reverend airs indeed though stouter and rounder he was not quite so tall who was this they began to mutter who had lured will-o'-the-wisps and some of those elders from elfland went up to him that they might ask him with what audacity he had dared to lure such as them and then the traveller spoke without rising or turning his head he spoke where he sat people of the marshes he said do you love unicorns and at the word unicorns scorn and laughter filled every tiny heart in all that frivolous multitude excluding all other emotions so that they forgot their petulance at having been lured although to lure a will-o'-the-wisps is held by them to be the gravest of insults and never would they have forgiven it if they had had longer memories at the word unicorns they all giggled in silence and this they did by flickering up and down like the light of a little mirror flashed by an impudent hand unicorns little love had they for the haughty creatures let them learn to speak to the people of the marshes when they came to drink at their pools let them learn to give their due to the great lights of elfland and the lesser lights that illumined the marshes of earth no said an elder of the will of the wisps none loves the proud unicorns come then said the traveller and we will hunt them and you shall light us in the night with your lights when we hunt them with dogs over the fields of men venerable traveller said the elder will-o'-the-wisp but at those words the traveller flung up his hat and leaped from his long black coat and stood before the will-o'-the-wisps stark naked and the people of the marshes saw that it was a troll that had tricked them their anger at this was slight for the people of the marshes had tricked the trolls and the trolls have tricked the people of the marshes each of them so many times for ages and ages that only the wisest among them can say which has tricked the other most and is how many tricks ahead they consoled themselves now by thinking of times when trolls had been made to look ludicrous and consented to come with their lights to help to hunt unicorns for their wills were weak when they stood on dry land and they easily acquiesced in any suggestion or followed any one's whim it was luralu who had thus tricked the will-o'-the-wisps knowing well how they loved to lure travellers and having obtained the highest hat and gravest coat he could steal he had set out with a bait that he knew would bring them from great distances now that he had gathered them all on the solid land and had their promise of light and help against unicorns which such creatures will give easily on account of the unicorn's pride he began to lead them away to the village of earl slowly at first while their feet grew accustomed to the hard land and over the fields he brought them limping to earl and now there was nothing in all the marshes that at all resembled man and the geese came down on a huge tumult of wings the little swift teal shot home and all the dark air twanged with the flight of the duck end of chapter twenty nine the luring of the people of the marshes